Good morning, everyone. Sunday morning. It's the smartest guy in the room. Not me. Hopefully, could be you. Jerry Dempsey, your host, along with Matt Smith. Matt, what is up, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling stupid today. <laughs> you look handsome. <laughs> I just woke up. Just woke up and took my dog for a walk. It's very quickly because it's supposed to be fucking nasty here today. It's gorgeous right now. Sunny and really warm, but there's supposed to be 65 mile per hour winds later and uh, it's supposed to get ugly. Then it's supposed to snow tomorrow. It's all Are you in Buffalo places. or Albany? Buffalo. So it's going to get ugly. How are you? All right, dumb question and not intended to spark any kind of weirdness, but uh, if you only lived in Buffalo and you didn't read, like, John Kerry's or Greta Thunberg's journals, would you know that global warming existed? (laughs) I, you know, I would know something was up. What that is, I wouldn't know, but... uh... This fucking weather here is fucking weird, man. It's either freezing or snowing or warm or, you know, I mean, it's just the the snow melts and then like, and it's all you see is green. And then like four days later, there's a blizzard and then, and then it gets really hot. I, it's just weird. I don't remember, you know, <clears throat> when we were growing up here, it was either when it was snow season, it snowed. And then when it was spring, there was spring. And then summer, you get a ton of seasons within a week. So, I don't know. But I'm, mean, not, really, I'm not really much of, a, of an environmentalist, but, uh, you know, something's up. Who knows what it is? And to be honest, um, you know, if I were to, if someone called me or put a gun to my head and asked me to either climate deny or whatever the other choice is, I would say for sure humans are ruining the fucking planet. <laughs> well, <laughs> like conversely, you live in New- in North Carolina. Yep. Is it does it get hotter there or every year or what? I don't know if I pay attention. Kind of like what you just said. I don't know if I pay attention enough to even have a fucking opinion. Yeah. You know, Um, I kind of of feel that way about a lot of current events. I'd love to weigh in and just have some pig headed response and say something snarky because that's usually my default. But I guess as I age, I try to just shut my mouth and learn more, which is very hard to do. Yeah. You know, and I get no credit for it when I try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even with the. uh... I mean, I just don't know who to, like, trust anymore in terms of sources, you know? I mean, like, even with this Ukraine stuff, you know, I go online to read about it. And then, like, but everything I'm reading, I'm reading very carefully because I'm taking with a grain of salt because I'm like, well, you know, this is being reported by Fox or this is being reported by uh, Huffington Post, you know? Like, you know, so I don't know. The more I read, the less informed I feel. Yeah, that's a weird... There's probably some kind of study that's done on that, which is um, funny because that's a great, great entree into our topic, which is gambling. And, you know, folks, if you've ever been to Vegas or you've got a fucking scratch and wind at the local supermarket, 
the odds on you winning any significant amount of money are insanely against you. So we're going to start like a Stephen Covey novel with the end, you know, beginning with the end in mind, which is gambling just seems like such a stupid fool's errand. Yet zillions upon quadrillions of dollars are spent in the quest to quote unquote game the system. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, everything from uh, going into a convenience store and trying to check out and you're behind a line of people buying their lottery tickets to everything is sports book now, you know? Well, it's funny to me, like for the longest time, I built my whole life around avoiding other people. Okay. <laughs> and as a salesman, that sounds counterintuitive, but I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I only wanted to deal with the people I needed to deal with. And the rest of it was like a game of avoidance. So case in point, you know, gas stations, I'd wheel in, use my credit card, pump my gas to get the fuck out of there. And then I remember one time, probably a couple months ago, my kid wanted a snack and I was like, I'm not going to that gas station. But because my kid wanted a snack, I'm like, all right, I'll quit being a wuss. I go in there and there was like eight people in line all getting scratch and wins. And I was like ninth in line with my fucking, you know, Snickers bar for my kid. And I really thought about stealing it <laughs> because I didn't want to wait in line. And now that itself is gambling because I'm like, am I going to get caught and put in jail for stealing a fucking candy bar? <laughs> yeah. You know, everything's gambling, though. No. What, what do they say? No, no risk, no reward. But uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That was my quote for the day. You've already pulled it out of me, you bastard. <laughs> so, like, here's the thing with gambling now. I mean, it's so prevalent. Everything, everything on television surrounding uh, professional sports is, yep. you know, sports book, fan duel and, you know, all the other. I don't I, I don't I don't partake. So I, I, I can't even think of the other. Well, I have a dumb question for you. Yeah. With all the, like, quote-unquote, legalized gambling there is today, right? When you and I were kids and we wanted to put, like, 10 bucks on Scott Norwood's foot, like, we'd have to probably go to a bookie that we didn't even know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like in the movie Buffalo 66. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was the thing. I'm not, I'm not anti-gambling in terms, you know, of, I don't, in terms of, like, this... I'm not like this moralist who's, an, you know, I hate gambling, you know, I, I don't really, I don't gamble at all, uh, but I don't have like this, this moral opposition to it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't understand the people that just are hardcore gamblers either. But when, like you said, when we were growing up, it wasn't around. And even into my adulthood, you know, I, I went on to be a political journalist and I worked at the state Capitol and it, the Indian tribes were fighting, you know, very, very aggressively to bring in casino gambling to their, to their lands, uh, throughout New York and New York is a gigantic state. Yep. And there were probably eight different proposed casinos. And, uh, this is right through the early two thousands. And, 
there was wide scale opposition for every single reason you could think of from Donald Trump, who wanted to protect his assets in New Jersey. And he would just Democrat or Republican. He would he would just contribute money hand over fist to the coffers mm-hmm. of politicians in every uh, party in New York to uh, the leader of the state assembly here was an Orthodox Jew who was, you know, opposed it on moral grounds. And he, if, you know, he was one of the three most powerful people in New York state, he ran the assembly and, you know, whatever he said went. So gambling was, was opposed here, you know, again, on every front for every reason you could imagine. And now there's not only Indian casinos here, there's private casinos here too. There's casinos everywhere. There's there's literally a casino around the corner from my house now where uh, <laughs> Buffalo Raceway is, where the Erie County uh, Fair is held. Yep. And these places are packed, you know, from 4 a.m. to, you know, uh, through midnight, through, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, 8 a.m. you go in there, it's packed. And uh, I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm scratching my head because, I mean, I'll just lay two cards down a table. I've had the luxury or fucking tragedy. I don't even know what it is of having to work in towns, both Las Vegas and Atlantic City. Like, actually, you have to go there for work, not, like, for partying. And um, I'll tell you, point blank, both of them, and I'm no prude, both of those places disgusted the fucking shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to go there for work and work with the locals, the real people, not the fucking every idiot that's partying up in the casino, singing Bon Jovi and, you know, putting pumping quarters into the machine. (laughs) Anyone who sings Bon Jovi should lose. I'll put it this way. If you want to go to Atlantic City, Trump or because you can only name Trump. You can't name anyone else that owns all the other motherfucking casinos out there. And that's not a slam on you. It just is what it is. Right. I would defy you to name another casino owner in (laughs) Atlantic City. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're there, though. The point I'm making is and they're all probably dirtier than that fucker, if you can imagine. Um, I've met them and I've worked with them and I've sold computer electronics to some of them. Okay. So I, I, you know, I'm, and and I'm not saying it as an argument. I'm just saying it as he might just be the tip of that evil spear that you're always thinking of. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're all crooked. I think I, (laughs) the one thing, and I, I remember this from my reporting days, the, the, why Trump will always be dirty to me is his buddy, Roger Stone, who's one of the biggest you know, filth bags on the planet. He was one of Dick, uh, Richard Nixon's tricky dicksters or whatever they called him. Uh, and he just went to prison during the, uh, Trump administration, but he got pardoned. He yeah. was, he was always, when I dealt with the Trumps, when casino gambling was coming into New York, you know, Roger Stone was his strategist and that guy was just, that guy was unreal. Yeah, but you're but not yeah, going to see Steve Wynn run for politics either. And that guy, you can't imagine what that fucker did. You know what I mean? He's one of the biggest names in Vegas, right? 
anyway, we're getting sidetracked and, and we're definitely, you and I are preacher and choir at the same time. So no worries. I'm not opposed to gambling. What I'm, my, my issue with gambling is, is the, uh, just the day and night transformation in the attitude of, you know, at least in New York state, the, the movers and shakers and the decision makers, you know, just their attitude, their overnight attitude change, you know, it was, it was such gambling. They opposed gambling in New York state so aggressively, and now it can't be more welcomed. And I'm just fascinated by the position change and it comes it like everything else, it comes down to money. Once yeah. the state needed revenue, you know, uh, and the sports owners needed revenue. But they needed time to create laws to make sure that they get their fucking beaks wet in that shit. Oh, absolutely. And they need you know, it's just like legalizing weed until they can put put parameters around the laws and how much they can figure to make off of it. That's right. why they'll keep a stranglehold on it because they don't want their money. Look, there's only a finite amount of poor people's money that they can steal. Yeah, that's why the fucking rabbi's in there worried about, you know, his his cut going away because the, the fucking poor dude that's working a minimum wage job that has a wife and three kids. He's gambling in the rent money. If he's gambling the rent money, he's definitely gambling the church money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there's in New York state. You have very rarely. Does it happen where a law is proposed? A, a significant law, and it's passed that year. Usually it takes 10 to 12 years for a law to get passed, you know? Right. And a big reason for that is the longer they keep that that issue alive, the more money flows to their coffers right. from lobbyists and lobbying companies and uh, yeah. special interests who are tr trying to persuade them. The only time you really see a law go from zero to 60 and pass overnight or pass that same year is when it polls overwhelmingly, you know, with the public. So, yeah, you know. I get it. I mean, look at, I don't besmirch a Dave Portnoy. I don't besmirch a lot of these people that are just trying to, you know, like they say, Las Vegas is an experience. And I remember I was there when it was transitioning from dirty, you know, underworld crime syndicate kind of thing to family friendly, almost trying to Disneyify Vegas. Like yeah. I remember that in the right around 2000, right? But then you go into a casino. My favorite image that I can remember is walking through a casino and seeing grandma in the fucking roller chair with their oxygen tank smoking with the fucking baby on her lap and a drink in her hand. Now that's fucking America right there, my friend. <laughs> you get a picture of that for your Matt Smith images and I will fucking be your biggest fan. <laughs> but, you know, going back to your point, it's, it's truly amazing how, like, when we were growing up, you know, if you wanted to place a bet, you had to go to a bookie. As a matter of fact, when one of my very first... When I became, when I first started working as a journalist, one of my very first stories was on the break breakup of this like sports book ring, you know, that was operating out of a delicatessen. 
<laughs> and uh, <clears throat> but yeah, but now, you know, not only can you find a casino every few miles, and you know, one's around the corner from my house. Like you can, you can place bets now, like right on on your phone, like with this. All right, well, let's the FanDuel listen, app. We're kicking. We're kind of beating that dog into the ground. But let's let's switch to just like why the fuck do people love gambling so much? Like, do but, you know? Are you a gambler? Let me just ask you. No, but I was getting to that point. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, now it's so yeah. easy and so prevalent and so accessible that it's attracting people like my daughter, who knows nothing about sports, <laughs> but she, she just placed like her first bet the other day on like uh, it was a couple of weeks ago on a football game. And she called me. She's like, Dad, I just won two hundred and seventy dollars. And I'm like, and I'm like, who did you bet on? And she's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. That they, they wear black helmets, you know, like, you know. So it's like, it's just, it's, it's just, such a, it's a fascinating thing to watch, you know. And it's a, it's what's fascinating is, especially fascinating is to see the kind of people it's attracting. People like my daughter who know nothing about sports. Well, it's you know? the same argument for all these apes, right? The AMC apes, the the Bitcoin people. These are there's a whole new wave of investors that have no fucking idea how to read a spread, you know, like how to read a PL statement or even know any of the fundamentals of stock trading that are throwing money into this shit. And a lot of them are gonna get taken to the to the cleaners. And the Vegas people don't fucking care. You I watched a guy walk up to the fucking um I don't know what do you call it the roulette table or one of them and plunk yeah. down a thousand bucks. No dealer's gonna say don't do it, kid. I don't know if he has that thousand. I don't know if he stole that thousand. And you know what? They don't care. <laughs> yeah, that I can tell you. Yeah, but you know, gambling's in our nature, right? I mean, even the the stock market is gambling, right? It totally. I mean, it's the probably most secure form of gambling. Because there's actual fundamentals behind it and businesses behind it. You know, that's why they have the blue chip stocks. And I mean, you could buy gold and sit on it for your whole life. When oil was 40 bucks a, a barrel and everyone was crying a few years ago, you could have fucking bought, slapped down 10 grand and bought oil futures or something. And now it's like 110 a barrel. So, I mean, it's fucking great. There's money to be made. But to your point, um, what is the risk? What is what am I really risking? And what's the potential return on my investment? It you know, and I'll boil it down from a psychology slash economic point of view. You know, at the end of the day, big dog, all we have is our fucking time and our health, you know, and not much else. That's what the real risk is. You know what I mean? You work your whole life making X amount of money. And you're trusting in the government, you're trusting in the system, you're trusting that your retirement's going to be there. Well, like right now we're having inflation. So a dollar two years ago is worth like what? 90 cents today. I'm just pulling that out of my ass. So don't fact check me there, Snopes. Um, but the point is your hard work and savings is now worth less than when you started, when you still had the time <laughs> and there's not a goddamn thing you could do about it. It's just scary. Yeah, I, but you're gonna lit. Right, go ahead. There, there's something. I again, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I, I don't. I'm not a gambler. I will go into a casino every now and then, just you know, to do something like 
you know, but it's, I probably will go twice a year maybe, or three times a year. And it's usually just, you know, Hey, let's go spend an hour to do something, you know? And, but there is, there was something, uh, there's something unseemly about what uh, my dog is going to, you know, she's got something to add to the conversation. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's something unseemly about watching like the Mannings do a commercial for uh, some Ugh. some sports booker now during Sabres intermissions uh, because they have they have gambling parlors in the uh, Key Bank Arena in Buffalo. The the announcers wow. during the, like the intermission, the period intermissions, they do like live commercials for like FanDuel, and it's I don't know. There's just something unseemly about it, you know. It's uh, thank you for saying that because the first time I saw that. Like I, I like those people, and I like uh, what's his name? I'm gonna screw it up. Peyton Manning. No, the black dude, BJ Smooth, whatever his fucking oh, yeah, name is. Oh yeah, JB. He's Smooth. funny as hell. JB Smooth. Right, JB Smooth. Right. Like they're funny and they're nice people, but to see them just fucking getting paid a ton of money to do these stupid fucking commercials that all they're doing is raping poor people at the end of the day, like. How how people don't see that kind of mystifies me a little bit. How uh, how how do you keep Pete Rose out of the hall now? <laughs> That's you know I wrote actually had that was a bullet point. Were you looking at my notes, you son of a gun? <laughs> I actually had his name on there. I'm like all these fuckers because I was going to ask you before, like is AB did he bet on the Super Bowl after he took himself out because he probably <laughs> could. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he could have slapped down a million bucks on the fucking Rams just because he hates everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know, I know, I know more, I know more about gambling, and I don't know a lot about gambling, but I know more about gambling than I know about baseball. But you know, I don't know how you you keep Pete Pete Rose out of the hall now when gambling is so mainstream. I mean, there he is, Charlie Hustle, probably one of the best guys <laughs> ever. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's terrible. I, every time I see him too, he just gets older and sadder looking. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I do wonder. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any regard for uh, the. You know, there are problem gamblers whose gambling like just destroyed their lives and their families' lives and their kids' lives, and and to watch like these powerful interests now just profit off because that's a large segment of their income it's not just people like you know me or you or my daughter who like just are looking for something to do right like like it's 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 dirty money no i've never gambled anything more than like a hundred or two but hundred or two hundred in a in a like in a sitting or a day or in a you know what i mean yeah I mean, I I lost like two hundred bucks one time bucking around in Vegas, and again, it wasn't money I needed for anything else. It was just going to sit in the bank, and it bothered me. It goes back to that loss aversion, right? Yeah. There's like an emotional tie. It's like tied to our sense of survival. That um, but I felt like shit. I was angry. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. They you know, just wash that down with a lot of Jack and Cokes or something. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I've never left a casino, you know, in the black, but, uh, except for one time in my life and we were in high school 
and there were six of us and we were coming back from Virginia Beach and we decided to stop in Atlantic City and we used our fake IDs to get into one of the Trump casinos. And I think I won like $40. I think I left 40 with $40 uh, profit and everyone else I was with, all of our friends, they lost all their money. And so we were driving home and we ran out of gas and we were on the side of the road and like Oneonta, New York, which is, you know, like five hours from Buffalo or whatever. And we're like, just shit out of luck. And the only way we were able to get gas was with my gambling winnings. And that was the only time that was the only time where gambling came in, in handy for me. <laughs> well, you know, like we said, everything is a gamble in life. I mean, my, I worked in those towns in both of them. And I have friends uh, that I worked with that there were a couple guys that thought had um, gambling problems because it really comes down to that impulse control, you know, and everybody has it. Uh, it's, it rears its ugly head for different people at different times in different ways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were talking about how I got cut off on the road and I was going to pull grandma out of the car and kick her ass. But, inst- you know, instead I just let her off the hook. And um, I managed to control my impulse that day. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but, you know, there are times, and I love to drink, and there are times where I'd say, nope, I'm not going to have any, because I know if I have one, I'm going to have 500. And there are times where I've ha- tried to have 500. <laughs> <laughs> so, even choosing the, uh, when I do go to a casino here in New York, even choosing a, a cas- what casino I'm going to go to is a, a moral dilemma for me because I, I, I prefer to go to the Indian casinos because if I go to the, uh, the non-Indian casinos, I just feel like I'm handing money over to New York state. New York state takes a bigger share from the non-Indian <laughs> casinos. And I just, I just hate the New York state government here. So I, I hate like giving them my money, but the, but if you go to the Indian casinos, you can smoke inside those. And you forget what it's like going into <laughs> into like smoke. places where you can smoke. Because yeah. remember when we were growing up, like the next morning after like hanging out at a bar, you go to put your jeans on, and they they yeah. just smelled so bad from the smoke the night before. You smoked, you know, secondhand smoke. You probably had about three packs of Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like now they've had those smoking leak indoor the indoor clean act for about 25 30 years and you forget like what it was like but you go into one of those indian casinos and you know it's it's right back to 1970 (laughs) but we were on a plane i was on a plane recently with my kids and uh my son asked me why they had a no smoking sign on the plane (laughs) i'm like oh they used to smoke on planes all the time (laughs) planes and in supermarkets Oh, so. that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my, my pediatrician used to examine me with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, they used to probably do surgery while they were smoking. <laughs> he ended up dying of lung cancer. My mom worked for him for years. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so let's put a bow on this because my dog is going to go crazy. Yeah. So- no, we killed this subject pretty good. The only other little point I had was, 
Yeah, I got into reading uh, fancy literature and deep thinking and trying to be philosophical. And a while back, I started reading that Dostoevsky guy, right? He wrote like The Idiot and Crime and Punishment and some of them. And uh, I was reading a bio on him. He was a fucking huge gambler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he wrote all these famous books, but I don't think he I think he died pretty fucking broke. So good for him. <laughs> that was his gamble. Uh, you know, you can't take it with you, though. Hey, words to live by. <laughs> All right, dog. All take right, man. Free. Stay free. Bye.